0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My God, I don't even know how to say what's in my spirit. Tuesday night in prayer, the Lord visited me here, and uh, some things that came out of that prayer, I had to make notes because I didn't want to forget, and as it was, I still didn't capture everything. But it was such a strong and serious word for the church. As God brought me into this visitation, I could see the table with the showbread. I don't even know what that really looks like. But I knew that's what it was. And the Lord said he was going to re-sanctify his house. He going to re-sanctify his house. And set it apart for his most holy use. The church has become compromised and and dirty in a place of socialism and visiting and doing all of these things that compromise with the world. And God's not pleased. He's not happy. He said he is raising up a standard of righteousness and bringing back a reverence to his house. There is no respect in the house of God anymore. People come in any way they want to come in. They do whatever they want to do. There's no discipline. There's no order. But he's bringing back a reverence for his house. Hallelujah. He said, there's a difference. I didn't know this, Sister Susie. I guess I knew it, but I didn't, I didn't have a revelation of it or something. But he said, there's a difference in the sinner and the wicked. That was, that was news to me, Brother Donald, in a way. It was an enlightenment I have not to this point had. But he said he has a heart for the sinner. God has a heart for the sinner. But he will no longer tolerate the wicked. Some of the things that he used to describe the wicked to me were the words counterfeit. And actors. They come in the house of God and they know. They know that it's not like it's supposed to be. But they sit there all pious and religious and they act like they have a measure of the spirit of god and they act like they have a word for the believer and they act like they've got their thing together with god but they do not and they know they don't they know it's a fa- oh my god they know it's a face they're putting on when they come to the house of god and it's counterfeit it is not real and he will no longer tolerate it this is what he said And then he went on to speak to us, the believers, those that are striving, those that are pressing toward a mark, those that love the Lord and are sincere in their heart. He said, we are responsible for every service. Now, that's not news to us. We've heard that before. But God is saying we've been slacking on our responsibilities. He said it's not enough to wait till you get to the house of God and enter prayer in the morning to prepare your spirit and your heart for that service. That's not enough. That doesn't cut it with Him. Hallelujah. We better start preparing before we ever get to the house of God because it's His choice who He's going to use. It's His choice. And you may never stand up here and hold a microphone. You may never sing a song But there's a part you can have in a service. There's a person you can minister to one-on-one. There's something that God can do in and through you. And you better be a yielded vessel. Hallelujah. He's not playing, Sister Lisa. I don't know why He chose me. Hallelujah. To speak this. But He so put it in my spirit. And I hit my knees this morning. And it wasn't very long. For I was right back in that place. Of His righteousness. And His holiness. And His anger with the congregation. He's angry this morning. About His house. And His congregation. And His worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! He will no longer tolerate the wicked in his house. He will no longer tolerate that casual attitude. That attitude of, well, it's another Sunday to go see Sister Lisa and Sister Deborah and Sister Susie and Brother Donald and gather ourselves together and do our due diligence so that we can say we went to God's house on Sunday and we worshiped. Hallelujah. That's not pleasing to God. We better check our hearts. Hearts. Hallelujah. We better do an inventory. Find out why it is we pushed to come to this house on Sunday morning. Oh my. You better know why. Why it is you're coming. <laughs> what it is that is so important to you that you got to get to the house of God. <sighs> is it to please somebody to fulfill an obligation? Hallelujah. That's not going to cut it anymore with God. We better get our hearts right, Sister Susie. Our spirits right. We better know that when we come through those doors, uh, we are coming to worship an almighty God, the Creator, the Jehovah, hallelujah, the Provider of all things, the Maker of all things. We are coming here to honor and worship His name. And we better get over our petty selves hallelujah, and come in with a right spirit. Amen, hallelujah. If we would come in with a right spirit, we wouldn't have to pray it up And work it up in prayer And then have somebody tell us How we're supposed to bind the enemy And put him to flight I don't know how many times I've been in a service Where my fat pastor got up from prayer And had to exhort the congregation And push the congregation To bind the spirit That was trying to defeat that service Amen Countless times I don't know what's happened here in this church Sister Susie I know there was one time you got up and you exhorted something to that end. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we better check ourselves. I don't even know what to do with this. Hallelujah. I don't know what to do with this. There is such a righteous, holy reverence and a, and a, a righteous anger in the Spirit of God this morning. We gotta get it together so that when others come in, we're ready. How many times has that been said? We gotta have something that we can give them. If we're handicapped in the spirit, Brother Donald, we're not gonna be able to minister to their needs. How many times, God help me, have I come in this place handicapped in the spirit? How many times? It won't work anymore kindergarten's over hallelujah my god we got to get it together time is like right here it's not coming but it is here he said through pastor in a prophecy i don't know a couple weeks ago that now was what how was it he said it i can't even remember but he was changing things right now right now Right now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, church. It's right now, hallelujah. I can't be accountable for you. I can only be accountable for me. God help me. Don't think the enemy didn't try me this morning. Oh, oh, yeah, he tried me. Hallelujah. And that anger tried to grab hold of me. That carnality. Hallelujah. And I remember the words from Tuesday night. You're responsible. You're responsible. Don't go to that service like this. You're responsible. Hallelujah. Thank God he reminded me. Hallelujah. Thank God he reminded me. Church, we got we we so have got to get it together. We can't just keep coming in and casually going out and thinking that it's okay and we're doing our our part. We can't. I asked the Lord, while well, ago in prayer, I said, "But God, what does it look like to be responsible? Uh, what does that even look like?" Each person has to decide in themselves what is it that God's doing, but I can tell you this everybody in the sound of my voice needs to change something. I'm not throwing stones at you. I'm just saying we gotta change something that we're doing. I gotta change how I'm approaching the house of God. He will not tolerate anything less. We are mature. I mean, not that we don't still have maturing to do, but we are no longer in elementary school in this thing. Hallelujah. We understand that we have a responsibility. We understand that, that we're held accountable. That's the word I'm looking for. We're held accountable. But God is saying it's time to move it up a notch. And, and I encourage you, to seek yourself, seek out the Lord and say, okay, God, what is it that I need to do differently? As I approach next Sunday service, what is it I need to do differently, God? Because what you have to do may be different from what I have to do. I don't even know what I have to do. I don't know what that looks like. But he will show us, and he is saying it's time right now, right I came in this morning, I knew that time had already come for me, from Tuesday night. I knew I could not come back here in in the same mindset that I have so many times. Not that I didn't love the Lord, not that I wasn't coming to worship, not any of that. But it's different. The game is different now, if you want to call it that. I use that term loosely. I know this is not a game. Hallelujah. Oh, my Jesus. It's a time to get the sinners in here. And it's a time, hallelujah, to tell those wicked ones they better be careful coming in the house of God. God will not tolerate it. He won't. He just won't. Hallelujah. My Jesus, I don't know where to go from here. I'm telling you from my heart and my spirit, this is serious. This is serious it's important. It's so important. If you don't think that you can be real with God, if you don't think that you can can not be counterfeit or not be an actor, then I would encourage you to stay home on your face before God till you can come to his house without being counterfeit hallelujah, or being an actor. I would be terrified after this revelation to walk through the doors of any house of God with a mask on. Amen. We better not be wearing a mask. You know, so many times as I've moved into ministry and God's just allowed me to take part here and there in ministry, I thought that I had to present this this what's the word I'm looking for, this persona, that's a good word, present this persona of being so, you know, uh, in control of my carnality and, and and in touch with God and the communication open and flowing and I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know. Uh, we don't, in ministry, most folks don't advertise their mistakes. They don't let you see What you see is this perfect Christian that does not exist. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't think anybody's made it to perfection yet. But those masks, they're an abomination. They're they're he doesn't like that. He he does not want that. We gotta be real. We gotta find that place of humility. A place of humility. And say, you know what? I am what I am. And it really, really, I want everybody to love me. I want people to accept me. But it really doesn't matter if you don't. Because I answer to God. And if I please you at the risk of displeasing Him, I have truly lost out. There's no room for that. There is no room for that. Amen. Hallelujah. As ministers, whatever our calling is, we are going to have to learn that it's okay to let the flaws be seen. (laughs) It really is. God's bigger than our flaws. (laughs) That's kind of hard for an A-type personality. (laughs) Amen. But He is bigger than our flaws. And He can deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. And, and I don't know about you, but when I see somebody in a place of ministry, in a place of authority, and, and they talk about a struggle they've had or something they've come through, it really does help me. It helps me to know that I am not the only one out there struggling. We tend to struggle in private. Amen. It's not time to be private anymore. I'm not saying go out and tell your business to everybody. I'm saying be led by the Spirit of God. I'm saying be real in the Spirit. I'm saying when you're standing in a place of anointing and authority, hallelujah, to be led by the Spirit of God and not feel like you have to present a certain thing to the people because God, all He wants is for Him to be seen. And He can be seen in your faults. He can be seen in your mistakes. He can be seen in my failures. Hallelujah. He can be bigger than I ever would imagine or think. Hallelujah. That can minister to somebody. That can be the key that causes somebody to just humble themselves right on down and get into that place of prayer with God and say, You know what? If she can go through that, if she can face that, if she can... Can make that mistake, then maybe my life is not so horrible after all, and maybe just maybe God can change me. It can give hope. I don't, know. I don't know what. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just telling you what's in my spirit. He will not tolerate the wicked in his house. I could see the blood this morning going up. I could see the blood going up. I could see it, Sister Susie. Mm. I could see it. And those wicked people, those counterfeiters, those actors, they're like death. To his congregation, they're death. To his worship service, they're death. To the miracles that he wants to do in a service, they're death. To the to the operating of the anointing, they're death. And he has placed the blood over the doorpost this morning, and he's not going to allow it. He's drawing a line. There will be serious consequences to those that come through, cross over, and come in and sit down and try to put on their little act for God. All in the name of God. All in the name of Christianity. Hallelujah. All in the name of ministry. My ministry. Well, I got news for you. You ain't got a ministry. It's God's ministry. And he will use whom he chooses, how he chooses, and when he chooses. And if he chooses not to use you, you better sit on your hands and do nothing. Hallelujah. Rather than work up a counterfeit act for somebody all because you're there and you think you've got a name that you've got to uh, uphold your reputation let me tell you God can so take you down just like he did Ananias and Sapphira don't you be lying to the Holy Ghost there has been a season there has been a season of grace for the wicked a season of grace but I dare say brother Donald that season has come to a close if it's time that God is going to define, He's he going to show who's righteous and who's not. What is that scripture? Serving serving. Those who serve Him and those who serve Him not. And we serve Him from our heart. He knows our heart. He knows it better than we do. <laughs> he knows what you're thinking and what you're mulling over and what your um, motivations are. Amen. My God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. We can leave here today if we want to. And we can say, well, that was a really good word. That was some good instruction. I'm going to take that to heart. And we can go about life and not change anything we're doing. God's not going to run you down and knock you over to put a change in you. You're going to have to seek Him. You're going to have to let him know you want to be different. You're going to have to let him know you want this word applied to you. You're going to have to let him know that you want to know and understand what it is you need to do different. He ain't going to knock you over and slap you upside the head and say, hey, do this. It's not a magic water you can swallow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now suddenly I'm different, I'm changed, I'm going to do everything thus and so. No, this is effort. You're going to have to crucify your carnal man and get on your face and ask God for yourself. And then he will reveal to you what you got to do different, what attitude you need to change, what action you need to change, how you need to plan through your week for this service on Sunday. Mama, hallelujah, pardon me. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. God, have your way. In the name of Jesus, Father, where would you take this service, God, at this point? I can't move except you lead me. In the name of Jesus, have your way, Father. Father. Let our hearts be prepared, God, for what you have in this service, Lord. (laughs) Every heart here, God, every heart by live stream, Lord, or sermonette. Lord, you let every heart be prepared, God, for this service and what you have to say. Help us to receive, God, and rightly divide your word and apply it in our lives. In the holy name of Jesus. God, I so feel your reverence and your holiness. Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> He's a holy
0: God and he'll accept nothing less anymore. Nothing less than our humility and our respect and our reverence.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
0: Deal with the hearts of your people this morning, God change our hearts, God.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And have the holy way. (laughs) Thank you. your mighty name. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Let the Spirit of God work in us this morning. Let Him work. Let Him speak to you.
1: Let Him woo you this morning. i
0: in the presence of Almighty. Scrubbing that turning uh, oh, I hear the Spirit of God saying, "I'm sanctifying a people." Yeah, na, 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 Yeah, yeah, na, 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 Oh, my God, I hear Him saying, "Oh, let me scrub and sanctify Thee, my people." Yeah, 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 na,
1: Oh, cleanse us, Lord, in the Lord. Oh, I encourage
0: you, whoever you are, wherever you are, don't let that rebellious spirit Oh, don't give it power. Don't let it continue to puff up against the spirit of God. Oh, my, you better humble that thing down. Oh, ya Oh my God, that rebellious spirit. Oh, it's a sin to God. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. You better humble that thing down and give it to God. Oh, you see, He's your creator. You have nothing except He allows you to have it. God's fixing to strip some people. Oh, my God. He's fixing to strip some people. Such a haughty spirit I feel that thing Standing up against the anointing And the spirit of God Not allowing him to cleanse And work in you Oh My God it's not me you're taking to task It's almighty God And he will He will Hallelujah, He will do what He said. Hallelujah, 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 He'll do what He said. My God. Where is that scripture that talks about rebellion? (laughs) All the scriptures are just rolling through my head and I can't get any of them straight, but... Uh-huh. Would you look that up, please? I want to read that to the people. You see, you can fool the pastor. You can fool the the missionaries or the evangelists or the teachers, hallelujah. You can fool them. But you can't fool God. He knows. <laughs> uh, he knows. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
2: And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken. Then the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. That was Samuel to Saul.
0: My God, I feel that word strong this morning. You can hold on to your stubbornness and your rebellion. If you want to, but that is a form of rejecting God. That's, that's the word. It's a sin. And God counts it as a rejection. And whether you know it or not, when you reject God, you accept Satan. Satan, because there are only two to choose from. And you can say, Well, I choose not to make a choice, but you've made a choice. Anything less than choosing God is choosing Satan, his kingdom, his ways, his world. That's just how it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. Thank you, Lord. See, I'm on a new learning curve, so y'all just going to have to bear with me. Because my former modem operandum was when I didn't know what to do, pass it off to somebody. God won't even let me pass this morning. So here we are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all bear with me. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. I have to find the words. <laughs> I'm going to sing the song that's been in my spirit all morning and preparation pastor will come when he feels Ready. Mm-hmm. Technical difficulty, sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. The song is Daystar, I don't do it di- justice. But it's my plea, Sister Susie, because he can change. He can take what's wrong and make it right. Hallelujah. I I don't like it. I ain't proud of it. But there's wrong in me. (laughs) There's wrong in, in, in me. And I want God to change that and make it right. Hallelujah. It's my prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Lily of the valley Let your sweet Show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. Fairest of ten thousand, make me a reflection of your light. dying, wounded by the master of deceit, groping in the darkness, haunted by the years of past defeat. standing near me Lord shining with compassion in To be your witness, you can take what's wrong and make it right.
0: That's my prayer this morning. Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Let's reach out to him a little bit this morning. Let that words of that song just keep ministering to us. The Spirit of the Lord is wor- working on us today and he's ministering to us. Hallelujah, Lord. Let your Oh God, let your light shine down on me, Jesus. Oh God, make everything right, Lord. God, search my heart this day, God. Search our hearts, God. Forgive us for all the times, Lord. For all the times that we've gotten up and pretended, God, forgive us. I know you're so merciful and gracious. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. I praise you. Oh, God, hallelujah. Let his spirit work just a few more minutes. Oh, God. God. The Word tells us that He'll speak a word and then He'll speak by two or three and let it be established. And I know that what the Spirit of God had spoken to Sister Kathy, I know, I can know that's the third time, if not more. But I know that's at least the third time right here in this church the Spirit of God has spoken. And what that tells me, because that was so real If you couldn't feel that, we need to perhaps work on our feelers a little bit and get a little more sensitive to the Spirit of God. You know, we might need to work on that. We've got to train ourselves to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. That reminds me, before I go into what I was saying, let me find something here, a note that I had made. And let me just, it's was actually right up about that, train in your spirit. So y'all bear with me a second. Train your spirit to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Expect the Holy Spirit to manifest Himself through you. Is that not exactly what the Spirit of God's been speaking? To, to manifest Himself through you and use you for His glory. Listen to Him. Yield to Him. And I have a scripture notation, Romans 12, 7. To be successful and to be able to minister effectively, you will have to take time to prepare yourself in the Word and wait before God in prayer. And those are things that just, you know, parallel what what God's telling us today. Let's be sensitive, you know, to that working. But getting back to the way the Spirit of God moved On Sister Kathy Tuesday night. It was divine. It was holy. I didn't know what the Lord was going to speak, but I knew surely He was going to speak. And when she began speaking, as the Lord gave her utterance, I was reminded of things that God has spoken right here. Other places as well, but right here. Pastor has spoken and prophesied, and I'm making a point, so y'all, like I said, train your spirit. Hang with me here. So the Spirit of God spoke and said He was doing a new thing. He said He was bringing back the days of the book of Acts, and He was bringing things back. And He was going to make a difference between those that, that serve Him and those that serve Him not. And so, the wicked would no longer be able to sit In the presence of the uh, in the house of the thank you the congregation of the righteous, so the Lord has spoken that, all right. So that's that's a foretelling. You know the the Old Testament is full of prophecy of Jesus, but the day Mary conceived, it was to use Sister Kathy's phrase, it was game on. The day she conceived, it was it course, we know from the foundation of the world it was set, but for sure the sign when she conceived, when a virgin conceived, that thing was set in motion. And it was a determined number of days before he was going to come be born. And there was a determined number of days before he would enter into his full-time ministry. It was a determined number of days till he would give up himself as a sacrifice. It's a determined number of days. There's no willy-nilly, wishy-washy in God. So a prophet, uh, a, a person, a vessel of God can speak something. So we've heard our pastors speak and others, but I'm saying our pastor spoke right here. I remember specifically the Spirit of God moving on me one service, very specifically about God dealing with the carnal mind and coming in the house of God, a carnally minded, and it was an offense to the Spirit of God. I could see it so plainly, and I saw people come up to the door of the church. Excuse me a moment. I was standing here, I saw that, and I saw people come to the door of the church with carnalities just swirling and going and going, and as if they were just going to come on in to the house of God with that going on, and I saw what an offense that was to God. it was offensive to him, and you go to the word, and he says, The carnal mind is enmity. Do you want to be god 's enemy?" I have taken my carnal mind way too casual, that it's an enemy of God. We're so used, we we're born with it, right? We don't know life without a carnal mind, but we do know life with the Spirit of God that will subdue that. That's where our efforts got to go. So I saw. First, I saw. As a whole, people sitting in the house of God with a carnal mind and it being an offense. (coughs) And then I saw him outside that door, this door, which is just a sign and a symbol of any other house of sanctuary. Getting ready to step through that door with all that. And I knew in myself, I knew in myself that if the vessel of God under the right anointing at that moment, if that person had stepped through that door and that carnality had confronted the anointing that was trying to minister to his people, I saw that vessel with the ability to speak as in the book of Acts. And this was the example God gave me, but when, when I believe it's Paul spoke that mist of darkness, he spoke a mist of darkness on, on someone that was offending and they were led about. They, they, were in a, they couldn't see. And I saw that type of power. But it's, it has nothing to do with in a vessel. It has everything to do with God restoring His sanctuary. Us as a sanctuary, for sure. But also the congregation. He's got to sanctify the congregation. He's got to. And this is where we meet. This is where we meet. So I saw under the right circumstance when those spirits come and offend that God was going to make an example out of people and that so bothered me. Bothered me. We love, right? We want everyone coming to the house of God to get help. But when you're not coming, when you're wicked, you're not coming to get help. When you're a sinner, you're coming to get help. God doesn't, just what God spoke. And I saw that. That. And it bothered me because it's people I knew. I was familiar. Well, I didn't do it. God did it. And whoever the vessel is that speaks, they didn't do it. They're just vessels of God. We have no power. I have no power. I got no power right here. I can't, who do you? I don't have that. I got nothing. I'm I'm a human being. But the Spirit of God can sure do it. Okay, so that's step that's two. That what the Lord showed Sister Kathy last Tuesday is number three, and what a sense I got when she spoke was very different than when Pastor spoke and when I spoke. This is now. Heaven help. This is now. That I mean I could just feel the spirit of God he just settled right in. It's just like he just hold on. Come on, Lord. Oh my God. This is now. We'll reach to him just a minute. Oh, God. There's no more pleading. There is no more pleading. In myself, I want to plead. I cannot cross the Spirit of God. There's no more pleading. There's no more pleading. He says in his word that he will not always strive with man. Oh, how God have mercy. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. This is now. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. I think we got to wait just a few more minutes. We've got to let this spirit work. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Mm -mm -mm. Don't think he doesn't have vessels that can't be, what I call them, jackhammers. Don't think... Don't think he doesn't have vessels that aren't one bit afraid. I tell you what, you might be meek and comely, you might be quiet and t- off to the side, but I t- when the Spirit of the Lord gets upon you, you'll be like Samson taking up those pillars. You'll do it. You'll take up the jawbone of an ass and you'll slay however many thousand. You'll do it. You'll do it. He's just turned now and speaking to the ministers. He was dealing with the congregation and now he's coming to the ministers right this minute. He's speaking to his ministers right now. He's speaking. And he's saying, Woe unto you. Woe unto you, shepherds. Woe unto you. You've stood in the pulpit and you've lied. You've stood and you've said there's healing and there's been no healing. There's been no bomb in Gilead. There's been no bomb, And you've stood up and said, Be healed and be healed. And they've not been healed. They've not been healed physically. They've not been healed spiritually. He takes an offense at that. It's in Jeremiah. Has just some scriptures I happen to mark. Jeremiah 8 and 11. Let me look it up right quick. I did not bring my Bible today. I mean, I left it. It was in the car, but I left it. When I unloaded the car.
3: For they have healed the hurt of my
2: hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace. When there is no peace, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, thou shalt be cast down, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 10:21. For the pastors, do you see that? The pastors, and what is the the Lord told us? The church is out of order, and what's been leading the church? Pastors. That's what's been leading the church. For the pastors are become brutish, and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the brood has come and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. That's the pastors that have failed. We better be praying for the congregation. We better be praying for our brothers and sisters. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking and He's speaking to His ministers today. I believe every one of us here, I believe we're ministers. Maybe you're not in the pulpit, but we're ministers. We're supposed to minister into people's lives. Help us today. There's something further the Lord's dealing with or it wouldn't keep going like this. It wouldn't keep going like this. Hallelujah. Search us today, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's because we've tried to take deliverance and it hadn't been there, and we, we've been too proud to say, I ain't got it, and in turn, we haven't sought Him for it, we haven't sought Him for it. The move of God of the healing revivals in that day, I know God was in it, but it it got so quickly turned to witchcraft and seducing spirits. People wouldn't accept that God wanted that move to go out, and they didn't want to seek Him for the new, and what He was doing, what what He's doing right now, He desired to do way back, but people wouldn't yield to it. The leaders, I I wasn't even born, can't put myself there, I wasn't born until 63, so you know, some of us can't be accountable for some stuff. It's folk that came before us. But that healing revival puts such a spirit of witchcraft and soothsaying. People come to church looking for you to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I'm thinking of a, someone I know whose spouse died years ago. Nobody, just somebody that I knew. And they had never been a, actually, as a matter of fact, I know my mother witnessed to this person's mother and they rejected. What my mother believed. How God had visited my mother with healing. And she shared... My mama was a, all over the place. That's why she was a loner. Because people ran it. She ran everybody off. Because all she wanted talked about Jesus and how he moved. So she witnessed to this woman. and She didn't receive it and she mocked her. I was friends with the daughter. And life went on. We remained friends. You know, you go on. But she married... And her husband died. And he was he was sick with a kidney situation. And you know, I remember. She wanted nothing to do with my life. I know that. Once I got married, and you know, I was a whoo, I was a odd bird. You know, pleasantries, but that's it. You know, I was I was off the deep end. But I remember, I remember them coming to a church service at another minister who was known for, quote, healing. And I didn't think much about it at the time. He, they were desperate, wanted to be healed, and I don't, I don't begrudge that, I would be desperate too. But the Lord brought that to my remembrance the other day with this person. And He just like that brought to me about that healing revival and how it took a turn of soothsaying and witchcraft and put a wrong spirit in people. There was no holiness and righteousness. People just thought they could whoop God down and He had to perform like a little jack-in-the-box, a little genie-in-a-bottle. Come, How many times do I watch it with my own husband? People don't live a life, but they pull one him to pull a rabbit out of a hat, pull a, meal, a miracle or a deliverance out. And I thought about this couple... The only reason, you know, they walked in all the light that they had. I truly don't fault them in that regard. That's all the knowledge they had. But it was bad knowledge. It was wrong. And they went hoping, you know, throw it against the wall and see what will stick. And they didn't. He didn't get healed and he died. And that made like a mark on the, the true gifts of God. So healings have dwindled out. Right? Because God's bringing in something new. He's wanting us. He's not making those gifts just so freely, readily available to us. He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to seek Him for it. And we're doing the people a disservice when we don't. I'm going to going to turn it to pastor, but you know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah that he says, don't pray for him. He said it when they're not going to live by my word. They're not going to abide by my word. Don't pray for him. I won't. He, I uh, have to, it's Jeremiah 11. Let me just read it. So I got the word to back me up. Cause I read it to my husband this morning. I was shocked. I was shocked that the Lord would say that he laughs at them in their calamity. Because there comes a time that God has to get people's attention. I don't like it, and I didn't do it. He did it. I didn't make them not serve God, and I didn't make Job do what he has to do. All right, let me find it. I know I marked it. I was thinking I did. There, I sure did. Therefore, pray not thou for this people. This is, if you go up before it, it's all the rebellious people up before it. That's what he's been talking about. His people that were rebellious, his people that were serving other gods, his people that were rebellious. That's who he's been talking about this whole time. That's what the whole book of Jeremiah said. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm reading the book of Jeremiah. (laughs) We better watch out. But anyway, let me read this and give it to pastor. Oh my gosh, I have to go up to verse 13. Jeremiah eleven thirteen, For according to the number of thy cities were thy gods, O Judah. Like, how many? Seriously, how many gods are you going to have? And according to the number of streets of Jerusalem have ye set up altars to that shameful thing, even altars to burn incense unto Baal. Verse 14, Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in time that they cry unto me for their trouble. That is instruction right there. And I have peace. I don't have to worry about it. I didn't say it. He said it. I got peace. He's going to accept anybody that comes to him. But if you're going to out and do the other... He's not going to accept that. And that's exactly what the Lord's been talking about counterfeit. That's what? That's, if you're a fake and you're an actor, that can be right out there with witchcraft, right? Seducing. Come on. God's talking to us today. God's talking to us. Let's welcome our pastor this morning.
3: Thank you, Lord. Man, can you feel the presence of God in this place? Well, what's going on, But buddy? I'm reverbing like crazy. You got me too loud on something. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Fearful thing. Amen? Fearful thing. And... The Lord woke me up early this morning, very early, probably somewhere around 4.30. He began to deal with me about disobedience. And the Lord spoke in my spirit. I sound like I'm in a basement, Brother Philip. He said, there is a price for disobedience. There's a price when you disobey God. And, you know, God's been speaking to us for several weeks now. Because there's something God wants to do. I need some volume on my monitors. There's something God wants to do, and it's different than anything He's ever done. I don't know what it is God wants to do. Leave it right there for right now. All I know is God spoke to us on the fourth day of this month in a prophecy. And the very first words out of God's mouth is, I'm changing the course of man Today, I'm changing this course. And because we've tasted of the Spirit of God, a lot of people think they know all there is to know and understand everything there is to understand about God. But you know, God spoke to us in His Word. By the apostle Paul in First Corinthians, second chapter, I believe it's the ninth verse. He said, "I hath not seen." He said, "This thing right here, you ain't heard, and into your spirit, man, or into your heart, you don't have no understanding of that that I'm fixing to bring forth in the earth." So, your spiritual eyes hadn't seen. Not these natural eyes. Your spiritual ears hadn't heard. Neither has it entered into the spirit, man, or the heart, what God has prepared for those of us that love Him and those of us that wait on Him. I've been waiting on God for something. I've been waiting on God for something. if I wanna preach all I gotta do is pick up the phone I can have doors open many places in a heartbeat I'm not looking to preach not unless God speaks to me because I heard a vessel of God preach about ministry one time and she said people Get so caught up in going and doing. And said the majority of it pertains to things of God. And they get so caught up in ministry or works of ministry. They think they're really doing something for God. You can get so caught up. And going and doing, so you can lose your relationship with God because you don't have time to seek his face anymore. What did Paul say? He said, After I've done all these things, shall I myself now become a castaway? You can get there. You can get there. And all God wants to do is pull us down and rein us in to hear what the Spirit's speaking. God's chosen this little group right here to birth and bring something forth in us. If I didn't believe... That God had put me here. And there was an act of God going to happen right here. You think I'd stay here? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. You may think it wrong of me. Go ahead and turn that fan off. If you don't mind. You may think it wrong of me. But I've made these statements over years past. With the ability and the anointing and the gifts God's put in my life. I could compromise just a little bit, says Susie. And I could be preaching to a bunch of people. I could back off on the straightness of this word. I could crank up the music and let's have church. And we'd fill it up. Run it over. Because people love good church. Do they not? Everybody loves. And there's nothing wrong. Music has its place. I've said that many times. But there's a lot of people they can play music, but they're not anointed of God. Amen? They got plenty of ability. There's preachers that can preach. I've heard preachers preach some great word and not feel one lick of the anointing. And y'all know I'm telling you the truth. But there's a seriousness in this place today. I got my scriptures marked a while ago when I sat down, started to put my shoes on. The Lord said, keep your shoes off today. I said, God, at least can't let me keep my socks on. I said, because I know that people don't want to look at my old ugly feet. But the Lord told me, He said, don't, don't put your shoes on. It's holy ground. Holy ground. Hmm. Give me direction, Holy God. Give me direction, Holy God. Order my steps in the delivery of this word, O God. I know what you spoke in my spirit. I know what you've been dealing with me these last several days. And God, my heart fears. For you said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Grant unto thy servant this day, O oh God, the wisdom and the understanding to speak thy word by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Not my will, Father, but let thine be done. Master, if I want to say anything in myself, it's going to hurt thy people God, then I ask you to cause my tongue to cleave to the roof of my mouth. God, I love your people. But when I hear your voice, Father, I can't help but speak. And when you've spoken to me, God, sometimes I can't help but prophesy. So I'm asking you today to give me direction. Gather the people's hearts and minds together that thy name can be honored and lifted up and glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord. I worship you, Holy Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't use the phrase lightly man of God or woman of God. But every time you turn around, somebody's addressing somebody as man of God or woman of God. I'm gonna tell you it almost makes me sick. All you need to address me as is pastor or brother John or Brother Metter. You don't have to address me as man of God you can call me servant of the Lord because I believe I'm a servant. But to me, when somebody says man of God, you've reached a pinnacle, you've reached a place in God. There's only a couple of vessels that I've ever referred to or will refer to in this hour as a man of God or as a woman of God because... I gotta see something. God's gotta confirm something to me. And I gotta know you're walking with God before you're gonna hear them words come out of my mouth. Because I ain't going I ain't gonna just freely utter them. Are y'all with me today? I feel such a presence of the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles with me to First Samuel, the 10th chapter. One of the various scriptures that my wife or sister Kathy read, or my wife read. was one scripture I had marked today, so I know the Spirit of God is talking to us or trying to talk to us. But are we going to listen? You know, when God speaks His Word, somewhere He fulfills it. How many of y'all know when God speaks His Word, there has to be a fulfilling of His Word? And the thing about it is, it don't matter if you're ready, it don't matter if I'm ready. God's Word has a season. Did y'all know that? God's Word has a season. When the angel of the Lord appeared in the temple to Zechariah, and he spoke that word to Zechariah about Elizabeth conceiving. Zechariah questioned him. <laughs> Y'all you know that? Zechariah questioned him. And I think he told Zechariah, he said, I'm Gabriel sent from God. He said, and because you did not believe, he said, you shall be struck dumb. He said, but my word shall come to pass in their season. So the word of the Lord has a season. It has a season when it's spoken, and it has a season when it's fulfilled. Don't matter if I'm ready. Don't matter if you're ready. Don't matter. When the season comes for God's word to be fulfilled, It's going to happen. We're in a season right now. There's a lot of things going to start being fulfilled. You know, when the Lord spoke into my spirit here several weeks ago, gave me those books over there in Joel, those chapters, and he spoke to me about a new beginning. And then the next week or so he turned around and he he showed me that in that 23rd verse of the second chapter of Joel he said I have given you the former rain moderately. And that's when God spoke to me. He said second chapter of Joel ain't talking about the book of acts. He says it's talking about our day. He said cause I've already give you the former rain. The former reign was the book of Acts. What Joel saw when he spoke in verse 28, he said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God's fixing to pour his spirit out on all flesh. And what wasn't fulfilled on the day of Pentecost is fixing to be fulfilled now. Because all the Word of God wasn't fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, there was not signs in the heavens. There wasn't wonders in the earth beneath. We didn't see fire and blood and vapor of smoke. We have not yet seen the sun turn to darkness and the moon turn to blood. We ain't seen these things. But this is the day right now we're going to see the fulfilling. Because part of it happened. Part of it didn't. When Jesus came out of the wilderness in Luke the fourth chapter... Amen. I'm telling y'all, I'm being led by the Spirit of the Lord, so ain't none of this in my wasn't none of this in my thought pattern. When Jesus came out of that wilderness in Luke four. In four and fourteen said, and he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Down in verse eighteen. He walked in that temple, they delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened it up and began to read. He read everything that was in Isaiah. Was it sixty or sixty one? I can't remember now. 61. And he got down that part that says, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, in Luke 4, he stopped right there. In Isaiah 61, Isaiah didn't stop. Isaiah kept on speaking. What else is going to happen? So, see what Jesus spoke in Luke 4. Wasn't the fulfilling of what Isaiah spoke in sixty-one? It was part of it, but it wasn't the fullness of it. Are y'all with me, man? Y'all looking at me like I got antennas? Green stepped off a spaceship somewhere. Let's go take a look at it. Isaiah sixty-one. All right, so you get down to verse 2, and he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's where Jesus stopped. But what did Isaiah say? In the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Zion's the church, is it not? Y'all with me on that much? Is Zion the church? So he said there are those in the church that are mourning. You don't see much mourning anymore. Where's the mourners bitch? <laughs> Y'all know what the altars used to be called? Mourner's, mourners bitch. You know why? People go gather before service, and they gather after service, they go into the church during the day, and they get down to them altars and they just wail for lost souls. God, save my wife, save my husband, save my sons, save my daughters, save my sisters, save my brothers, save my loved ones. They get in there and mourn before the Lord and weep and wail and travail, and somewhere God it's in the soul-saving move. Ring Church don't have revival. She don't have no burden for souls no more. And the Lord said here, I'm going to send a spirit that's going to comfort all them that mourn. I'm going to send a spirit that's fixing to bring vengeance of God. I get so tired of hearing about a move of God. boy you ought have heard brother so-and-so preach last week he preached on this oh y'all gonna y'all gonna get upset with me Kind of like I was talking to brother Michael Harris here a while back. He said, Brother matter he said we had an evangelist that'd come to the church, or maybe it's another pastor down where he used to be. said he'd come in there and preach and said, Boy, he'd fire you up. said, but when he had preached, I'd mark my Bible and I'd date it. <laughs> he said, about three years went by. He said he'd come in there. said nope up his bible and started in on scripture he said man god you spoke to me i got a fresh word from god and said when he gave the scripture he started in the same message he said i "I had it dated he preached it three years before how many times are god people going to hear repentance turn back to prayer turn back to seeking my face Put on the armor of God. Prepare for battle. How long are we going to hear it? How many times does God have to speak to us to get our attention? Well, I told you, y'all ain't going to be happy with me today. I know God will suffer with us. And I know God will be patient with us. But there comes a time the seasons are going to change. Amen? I hope you're all with me today. There comes a time the seasons will change. You know, we're, we're coming out of summer now. And we're going into fall. And you can... You can see the seasons beginning to change. You can feel that coolness in the air of a morning now. The sun's repositioning itself. How many times I fussed this summer? 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, walk out of the trailer, and that sun hits you like a burning blowtorch, just as hot. It's 6.30 and 7 o'clock at night, felt like as it was at 1.30 and 2 o'clock now. I said, my God, how long is this heat? I see it's 7 o'clock at night going on 7.30 and sun's just still bearing down on you hot. But I'm going to tell you, it's shifting positions now. Why? The seasons are changing. God's shifting positions. Who? <laughs> oh! God's shifting positions, Sister Susie. He's fixing to deal with the Word that he's been preaching all these last seasons. Now he's fixing to deal with it. Isaiah prophesied. Jesus fulfilled it to a measure. Now God's fixing to fill the rest of it. You know why? Ephesians one and ten speaks about a dispensation of the fullness of times. Says Susie, you was in my church service years ago in Alabama. You was on the piano I remember it just like it's yesterday I walked out took the service and I said God you spoke to me there's fixing to be a new dispensation come in we are moving in the dispensation that God spoke of in Ephesians of the fullness of times that means everything that has not been fulfilled in God's Word fixing now be fulfilled this gonna bring in the fullness the word their times means years it's gonna bring in the fullness of the years everything's been missing everything's been lacking everything God ain't put in place everything God ain't provided now fixing to be put in place why it's time for the latter rains of the Holy Ghost which is the fullness of the Christ living in here it's time for me to begin to fall it's time for a change you all hear me I'm telling you the Lord spoke to me about two weeks ago and said I brought my people I'm bringing my people to a season of change the word of the Lord may not matter to you but it matters to me because I ain't seen it missing 45 years but people take God's word too casual they take it too lightly they take the presence of God too lightly had somebody get so aggravated with me here several years back just quit coming to church (laughs) but you know what they done they went church everywhere for 30 miles and they confessed to somebody you can't find in these churches what you can find over there And then he said, well, I'm just going to go down the road here about 12, 13, 15 miles. said, I'm going to start preaching these folks. They don't go over there neither. They don't like what's being preached over there neither. So I'm just going to preach them. Somebody looked at him and said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> See where that's going to get you. There's something different. It ain't me. It's the Word God's put in me. Something different in you. Something different in you. Something different in you. Something different in all of us. Because we can't go sit. How many times have you told me once you start coming to Fort Payne. You went other places. He tried to find something closer to Calhoun than making that two hour drive every Sunday morning. All of us have. Didn't work. <laughs> You say, oh Brother Medic, you're just lifting yourself up. I ain't got nothing to do. Because like I told y'all, this ain't even on my road. What I'm going to start out speaking ain't even on my radar about this change. How many of y'all believe we're in a season of change? How many of y'all see people going right on in what they've been doing for years? Can y'all see that? You know why? They're not sensitive to the working of the Spirit of God. When you're sensitive to the working of the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God speaks change, you can feel something in the atmosphere. Has the weather changed like that? No. But you can see it gradually starting to move in. It's gradual. There's something great. Mm, there's something great. well hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. There's something just a twa bit of ho Men I hear the hot te for there shall be a drastic change in the weather. It's a sign to thee that I God have ordered a season of change, drastic change in temperatures. open thy eyes and stop thy ears and pray that I God take the hardness out of thy hearts. That I can hear and see and feel, for the spirit is moving. Be thou still and feel the moving and the working My Spirit saith what for strange Strange The anointing and the breaking forth of that which I shall perform. Hallelujah. You know, when somebody loses their sight, their touch, and their hearing gets really sensitive, people are going. By eyesight on how they're serving God now. So be still. Sometimes you steal yourself and feel the working of the Spirit of God. Man, if God's real to you and you know the working, you can feel something working. We'd come in here that Tuesday night after God spoke. I believe it was after God spoke that prophecy about that he was bringing forth a new and a different anointing. Might have been the following week. I can't remember. But we got out and prayed. You know, you can feel when there's a power just rushes in. You can feel that moving, that working. But it was like this, and exactly what God spoke in that prophecy. It was like a blanket, just settled down, and you could feel it was different. It was. If you wasn't sensitive to the spirit of God, you'd have missed it. And I don't know if it's that night or whether it's the next morning up at the trailer. I asked my wife. I said, "Now, is it me? <laughs> Am I the crazy one here, or was there something different that came in the church last night while we was praying?" She says, "Oh, no." <laughs> She said, the first thing Sister Kathy said to me when she got up off her knees. She said, my God. She said, this is different. Is that what she said, Sister Kathy? This is different. I feel something different. It wasn't that power. But it was that presence. (laughs) Woo! I just settled down. And he said he was going to come down on us like a blanket and just wrap us in that brand new anointing. Y'all may not have picked up on it, but I'm tired of the old. (laughs) I want the new. I want the new. Amen. I want the new. Because if we can't give God our attention. See as if God's speaking to us. And we have been taught the word. Schooled in prayer to a certain degree. And we know to a point. How to behave ourselves in the house of God. And God can't get us to move. How's he going to get them sinner folks out there? that's why the time has come that judgment it's going to begin right here God said I'll begin at the house of God if God begins at the house of God who's he gonna begin with the ministry the ministry are y'all with me today I'm not trying I'm sorry that I got to be the big heavy today see I ain't just aint gonna back up on you and dump a load of sand I'm gonna back up on you and dump a load of wet sand <laughs> y'all know there's a difference between the weight of wet sand and dry sand to might dump dry sand on you you might shake it off so I dump wet sand on you it's gonna take you down <laughs> so I guess I'm got the truck in reverse and
1: beep beep Beep, beep.
3: Fishing get dumped on today. And what I'm fishing stuff on you is going to stick to you. <laughs> Man, this thing going to stick to you like gorilla glue. <laughs> if y'all ain't never used this stuff, I'll tell you, that stuff works. Gorilla glue will work, it'll work better than super glue. But I'm going to 1 Samuel the 10th chapter, and I'm not going to read all of it. Y'all can read from verse 1 through about verse 6. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head. He's talking about Saul. And kissed him. And says, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his
2: inheritance.
3: Samuel went ahead and told him several things. Then I want you to go down to verse 6. Y'all pardon me just a second. And this is what Samuel told him. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. And shall be turned. Into another man. And let it be when these signs are come to pass. or come upon thee. That thou do as occasion serve thee. For God. Is with thee. Go with me to. 1st Samuel the 16th chapter y'all with me I'm at verse 13 then Samuel took the horn of oil And anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And I'm flipping over to the New Testament. To Romans the 11th chapter. And I'm going to go to verse 27. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel they are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God. Are without repentance as I prayed this morning and meditated on the Lord and reached out to him I have pondered that scripture in Romans 11 and I guess we all probably have for the gifts and the calling of God if you don't be obedient to God There ain't no repentance. Y'all hear me? But I've always looked at this as come judgment day. Come judgment day. God's going to judge. If I'm disobedient, God's going to judge me with that scripture. The Lord began to show me this morning, He says, no. He said, "I won't wait till judgment day." He said, "I'm gonna start troubling the disobedient and the rebellious." That's what the Lord told me this morning, brother Elder, I'm gonna start troubling people that are disobedient and rebellious to the call and the anointing and the gifts I placed in their lives. Cause see, it ain't my will and it ain't your will it's God's will I can do nothing I, I can't do anything when it comes to the working of the anointing in the Spirit of God As God anoints me yeah God's put a great gift of healing in my life but I've seen it in tent revivals I've seen it all through the years because I sought God in 88 or 89 I can't remember I believe is 88 I like to died and God put these gifts in my life gave me gifts of great miracles and great deliverance but it only works by the Spirit of God I remember I had a meeting down at sister Daniels before they ever Built a new church. And she's in the little church down there. That little old bitty block building, isn't half the size of this one. Y'all think we've got small beginnings? But they started to the build half this size, and the platform took up almost half of that. They didn't have room to put twenty chairs. So when I go down there and preach, the house was packed. <laughs> but I took my tent down there. I had a brand new tent. 60 by 90, brand new one, beautiful tent. Put it up. Started preaching. Battling with 20, 30, 40 people a night for nights. And then a little sister come in. I was receiving the offering. She comes shuffling her way to the front. Took her almost the whole offering to get up over to the front. She dropped an offering in. Lord spoke to me said tell her to stand right there I said sister just stand right there for a minute I went on receive the offer and I turned to her and I said I don't know what's wrong with you don't care I said God told me he go heal you he fixing to give you a miracle I laid my hands on that lady and the power of God hit her buddy she come alive she run around that tent screaming run up down the mouth shouting I mean probably for 10 minutes screaming at the top of her voice I'm healed I'm healed I couldn't get her calmed down she come back I finally got her back up there got one of the sisters to help me get her back up there and I said ma'am I said I don't know you she said no you don't I said have I ever seen you before she said no sir she said but I want to tell you this I said what was wrong with you she said I have had nine major operations for cancer and she said, the doctor sent me home to die. And she said, God has healed me. She got out the next day and went through that neighborhood. We was in a African American neighborhood, if that's how you wanna put it. She went knocking door to door. She was raised there. She went and told them people said, All you people know me. She said, "Y'all know I've been in the hospital for months. I've had surgery after surgery." She said, "Doctor sent me home to die." I said that preacher, "Where prayed for me and God healed me." So you get yourself out of that meeting. Just a couple of nights, we had two hundred and fifty to three hundred people trying to get under that tent. And I started praying for people, preaching faith and praying for people. And I remember one night very well. This man come. Through the prayer line, and he had a messed up leg, hip. He'd had surgery on his knee. Leg like that, short. I set him down in that chair and prayed for him. The power of God hit him. That leg grew out there, and that man started dancing and shouting on that leg. Come find out, he's a butcher in the grocery store across the street. I'd pray for four or five like that. And then this one lady walked up told me what's was wrong with her, I laid my hands on her. You might as well have laid your hands on a piece of concrete. Nothing there. No faith, no feeling, no movement. I just prayed for him. Just let her go on. And I asked Sister Daniel about her after service. She said she don't want deliverance. Said her life consists in talking about her sicknesses and her infirmities. Said she don't want God to heal her. Said you can pray for her. She'll shout, talk in tongues, jerk everywhere. And she did. But I knew nothing was happening. Couldn't feel nothing. Said why are you saying that? Because this thing is controlled by God. The gifts and the anointing Or without repentance. And God began to deal with me. I never looked at it. It's God judging now. And people that have the gifts and callings of God on their life. That won't be obedient and are rebellious. God's fixing trouble. Do you realize what Saul's disobedience cost him? you realize what it cost him first Samuel 28 y'all get there say amen that's when the Lord spoke into my spirit Said disobedience has a price. All right, I'm at First Samuel twenty-eight, and I'm going to verse twelve. This one, Saul went to the witch of Endor, and when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, "What hast thou? Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul." And the king said unto her be not afraid for what saw thou see if anybody practised a familiar spirit medium witchcraft they'd be put to death that was the law that was the word of the Lord you couldn't practice witchcraft or have a familiar spirit but you know what Saul told his servants find me somebody that has a familiar spirit the king said unto her be not afraid for what saw thou And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up and is covered with a mantle. Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring, or why have you disturbed my rest, Saul? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me. And answers me not no more, neither by the prophets, nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. See, Saul had got himself in a place that God wouldn't talk to him. Oh, Brother Medder, I love God. I got the Holy Ghost. You can get there. You can get right where Saul was. Reach the place where pressure comes in on you from all sides. Reach the place. Just like the enemies are fixing to destroy you. You can't pray. You can't seek the face of God. Why? Because you've rebelled against the word of the Lord. And God stepped back. You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah, and I believe it's 63 and 10. And I'm not going to go there, but y'all can look it up later. God said, I fought for you, I stood up for you, I drove your enemies back. And then you lied to me. And now I have turned. And become thine enemy. God had turned. And become Saul's enemy. Saul in his heart was a good man. Loved God. Lived by the law. But Samuel told him over in 1 Samuel 15. Where y'all just read from. He said when thou was little in thy own sight. He said God was with you. Then you got exalted, you got lifted up. That's the reason I want to stay little. Says, Susie, if having a big ministry and preaching to big crowds and going around the world and having great miracles will destroy my soul and my relationship with God, leave me right here. Leave me right here. If happens, people. Get behind me and support me with thousands and thousands of dollars. Leave me right here where I gotta seek God for every dime he brings in. Leave me right here because I don't want to fall in the hands of a living God. I fear God because it's not my power and it's not my might. There ain't nothing in you in your power, in your might, your ability. Ain't nothing in you, and you ain't got. Nothing in the gifts and anointing of God that God didn't give you. But it's by my spirit, saith God. I remember when Saul waited on Samuel, Samuel didn't show up when Saul thought he ought to, and Saul went and got the garments of the priest. (laughs) Put himself in the priesthood start petitioning the Lord did you know God's killed people in the Old Testament God killed the two sons of Aaron for less than that and when Saul did it and Samuel showed up he said boy what have you done (laughs) what have you done he said when you was little in your own sight I know what God's called me to do you ever heard me get out of here and run around and introduce myself to people? I'm apostle so-and-so. I don't do it. I ain't going to do it. I know what my calling is because God spoke to me, but I still go by just pastor because I'm still trying to be a good pastor. Or what I heard my daddy say one time, he said, if I can't pastor you, I'll pastor you. Y'all just haven't known my daddy. He was a trip, wasn't he, says Susie? <laughs> had a heart after God, though. Had some great experiences with God back in the 50s, 40s, and 50s and 60s. One thing that inspired me was seeing the visitations my daddy had. He took me to all these revivals where men like Allen and Roberts. Never got to be in Co- Jack Coe's meetings, but I heard him on radio. Never got to be in William Brannan's meetings, but I heard him preach. When I was in first and second grade, I was reading books like A.A. A. Allen's Destruction of American Power Over Demons. Eight and, seven, eight, and nine years old, there's something got a hold of me and burned in me to become a servant of the Lord. And it drove me all my life. I don't remember a day. When God put His hand on my life at about the age of seven or eight years old, that I didn't have something in me reaching to God to want to be a vessel God could use. Something burns in here. I didn't know the course God had set. I thought I'd just grow up being an evangelist, get a big tent like the other ministers. I didn't know what God was bringing us into. The kind of knowledge God's revealing now wasn't revealed in the fifties and sixties. The kind of knowledge God's revealing ain't never been revealed to a generation. All we was raised on was faith and healing. When I come to God at nineteen, I knew two things. I knew Jesus saved and Jesus healed. Didn't know nothing about doctrine. I couldn't have told you nothing about doctrines of water baptism. Couldn't have told you nothing about all these church doctrines that's the reason when God began to speak to me I'd tell people I said what I've received I neither got it by man neither received it of man but I received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ he's revealed himself to me so here Saul was exalted himself and lifted himself up done got to the place that God wouldn't talk to him he told Samuel he said God's forsook me He said, he won't speak to me by the prophets. He won't speak to me in a dream. (laughs) And Samuel says, well, what you want me to do about it? (laughs) I mean this, therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from me and is become thine enemy? A man that the prophet of God went to, a chosen vessel of God that the prophet of God went to and poured the vial of oil on his head, and God chose him, told him he was chosen of the Lord. And now God's talking to him by the very vessel that anointed him and he come up out of the earth by medium by familiar spirit and he said what do you want me to do seeing as God has rejected you and God has become your enemy see we don't think that God will become our enemy we don't think God can turn his hand against us. But he can. If we don't walk soft before the Lord, walk real careful. I'm telling you, you fix to see trouble hit people's lives. I'm talking about death, destruction, I'm talking about turmoil, I'm talking about heartache. I'm talking about God stripping people down to nothing. Because it ain't in your ability. There's ability in me. I know how to go out and make money. If I just put the ministry aside and didn't worry about it, and worried worry about praying and seeking God, didn't worry about this callboat dollar, I'd get out there and make money. I'd get out there and make seventy five hundred thousand dollars a year. No problem. I can do it. I got a drive, I got a determination. But I've always channeled what God has put in me toward Him. I didn't ever seek God for money I didn't ever I didn't want to work for money I didn't care about position didn't care about retirement didn't care about insurance didn't care about career the only career I ever had from the time I was seven years old I focused myself on being a vessel God could use you know all little boys growing up they they got something they want to be that asked me what I'd want to be wasn't a fireman wasn't an astronaut wasn't a ball player wasn't president I want to be a preacher that could heal sick raise the dead and cast out devils <laughs> how'd that go over in grade school <laughs> like my son told teacher one day what did he tell her my dad's a man of prayer and fasting I've seen my dad fast 40 days and cast out devils or something like that That teacher said, well, all right then. (laughs) But see, he had the same spirit I had. He didn't know it, but he had the same spirit I had. And look where God's bringing him to today. But Samuel told Saul, he said, God has become your enemy. Because you wouldn't listen to my voice. You wouldn't listen to my voice. You got lifted up. Disobedience has a price. You cost him the kingdom. It cost him his life. And it cost him his son's life. And he died a transgressor. A man chosen. Of God. By God Himself. Because see, back then, everybody didn't have the Spirit of God. When God put His Spirit on somebody and put His Word on somebody, it was usually one individual. Did y'all realize that? Those people in the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Ghost, they didn't have the Spirit of God dwelling with them. It was if God put His Spirit in you or put His Spirit on you. They didn't have the Opportunity to seek God and get the Holy Ghost. They didn't have it. And so when God rejected him, which is in First Samuel 15, the same word that fell on me on November the ninth, twenty fourteen. That morning, Sunday morning, in the church service. I read that scripture. How Samuel went to leave, and he turned and got hold of Saul's garment and he rent it, and he said, "This day is the kingdom rent from thee." God spoke to me, says Susie, on November the 9th, twenty fourteen, and said, "This day is the kingdom of God rent from the church world, the Pentecostal church world that knows about the kingdom. It's not theirs anymore. God's taking it away from them because they won't do anything to move forward." And what God wants to reveal. We just want good church. We just want somebody to prophesy to us. We just want somebody to preach to us. So we can go out and say, My, wasn't that a good message? Man, that brother was highly anointed. Man, did you hear the word of the Lord come out of that sister? Did you hear that word they preached? And now they prophesied to this and then prophesied to that one. And the same things happened for 15 years. No change. Nothing moving. Said Brother Mary, you just... Call me cynical. Call me whatever. I'm tired of nothing moving. God may have to whip my hide for the way I'm preaching, but I'm tired of nothing moving. I don't believe it's God's will for us to be in the place we're in and not moving forward in what God's doing. And my son listened that prophecy, and I was talking to him last week. He said, "Daddy." he said God dealt with me he said we may not be seeing the big moves of God right now he said "Well, God speaks to us said we are required to move forward and set things in order to the best of our ability he said especially in our lives we got to get things set in order because if things ain't set in order when God moves God can't move till something gets set in order are y'all with me how's God gonna move when we keep things out of his order that's why God spoke to you Tuesday night he said no more no more tired of the actors tired of the counterfeit tired of the pretenders I've seen preachers do it and it ain't just something's just happened this been going on almost as long as I've been saved and walking with God because when I first started walking with God I didn't have no sense I didn't have no I'm really it's because I didn't have no leadership I knew the voice of the Lord but I didn't know how to come under subjection to the spirit of God and I was in a church big church is split. Yeah. I mean, it split. Wound up with maybe 100 people out of seven 800. And had two preachers. A pastor and an assistant pastor. And it was probably about 76, 77. Might have been somewhere in there. That's all time fasting, praying, seeking God. Preach on the street, preach in the jails, go to the prisons, just preach wherever I could, because oh, I just had something burning in me. So the pastor of the church got in touch with me. He said, "I'm going to be out of town," and he said, "far as I know, the assistant pastor is going to be in revival somewhere." He said, "I want you to preach Wednesday night." Me me really me so I took the day off work I prayed all day long all day sought the Lord moves in a tent revival and I got the tent meeting walked up in back of the tent There the assistant pastor was he said I'm gonna take it tonight I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I know the pastor asked you. He said, since I'm back in town, he said, I'm going to take it. I said, okay. And so I didn't think nothing about it, really. I mean, I was a little disappointed. But what about 15 minutes? Somebody walked up to me and said, I thought you was preaching tonight. I said, I was, but this brother's back in town, so he's just the pastor. He said, he is going to take it. He said, you know what I just heard him say to somebody else? He said, I'm so tired in my body. He said, I'm so wore out. He said, I'm just going to go out there and crank up the music and shout them a little bit. Doesn't feel like the head church. He said, I don't want that brother preaching. He said, he seeks God. He said, I don't want him to hear that word that's in him we did I have to do some praying? who did I have to do some praying? <laughs> oh. The fight rose up in me. Woo <laughs> <laughs> About two weeks later. I still in tent meeting. I went down the tent back my little old truck up in the shadows pointed it facing out and I was ready to whip somebody <laughs> I'm serious before God I tell you I'm serious I was ready to uh, me and that preachers gonna have a confrontation that night one of us wasn't walking away and it wasn't I was upset about not preaching it I was upset about the way the people were being done. And I pulled up there and I just sat there all during the front. Of my, I said, I'll just wait and get him after service so it's not to mess up the service. I spied him out. I knew right where he was, where he was parked. I just sat in the truck the whole service and there was a preacher preaching I'd never seen before that I couldn't remember. And I just sat there, more the more I sat there, the more he preached, the more I fumed. <laughs> Y'all, say, Y'all don't believe our pastor done that. Oh, yeah, he did. Because I was young in the Lord, had been saved about four or five years. Had a lot of fight in me. Still got a lot of fight in me. Sometimes I think I got too much fight for my own good. And finally this brother started, he had a prayer line. I've been sitting there telling them, I don't know why you do this. I don't know why you let me go through these things. I don't know why you let these things happen. God, I just don't understand. Why, 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 why? That was my prayer. Ain't y'all ever prayed like that? <laughs> so the Lord started dealing with me. He said, you get that prayer life. I ain't getting that prayer life. Get that prayer life. I get in that prayer line. I don't even want to go in the tent, God, my spirit ain't right. He said, You get that prayer line. I said, All right. So I made sure I had the very last one. <laughs> he didn't have but four or five left in the prayer line I looked around with nobody else moving. I just slid on the tent got in the back of the line. I don't know why I'm going here but I guess God does I'd rather hurt somebody brother me a young man praying and fasting and studying the Word and seeking God hours a day in prayer and reading the Word a lot of times, not going to bed to twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning, praying through. Be sure I prayed through to that quickening and that feeling of the Holy Ghost. So I ever laid down knowing I had to get up 4:30 and 5 o'clock in the morning. But I would not lay down and go to sleep. I prayed through that quickening of the Spirit of God. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And here I was, ready to hurt somebody. And I walked up. That minister looked at me. He said, Young man, raise your hands. I raised my hands he slapped his hands on me and the first thing God spoke out of him was why do you always ask me why (laughs) and God spoke to me said I know what I'm doing stop asking me why And but the spirit of God broke me. That man took his hands off of me, and I don't know what else he told me. I hit that altar, and I bawled like a baby. But I got it right with God. I didn't go say nothing to that man, but me and God got peace. And I never forgot that. Y'all know what a baby sounds like when it's young and it starts crying. Why, 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 (laughs) why? See, the Spirit of God had to teach me. Because I didn't have any real leadership. I got out there and started preaching. I didn't have any leadership. I didn't have nobody teach me the things I'm trying to teach some of these other preachers. I'm starting to reach out now to, to preachers. And I've contacted about probably 20 preachers maybe a few more and I've asked them they're younger and I've asked them. I said I'm gonna start sending out CDs and I said I make study notes on my services every week just about I said I'm gonna start sending them out do you want to be on the list and most them texted me back said yes please because there's no teaching people aren't taught ministerial ethics they're taught how to treat a brother and a sister in Christ a fellow laborer in the ministry we need government we need teaching I told Lord I said if you give me the ability I'm gonna try to share and I said if I can teach him or I can help direct them or I can help guide them so be it because church is out of order body Christ in a mess is anybody with me today there's a lot of people I don't know if it's lack of wisdom lack of understanding just rebellion I don't know what it is but there's a lot of people God fixing chastise them because they won't let the spirit of God bring them in line you know David wrote this in Psalms I believe it's 119 67 I think I got it marked He said, before I was afflicted, he said, I went astray. He said, well, once God started afflicting me and correcting me, he said, he brought me back in line. Sometimes God's got to afflict us, Sister Kathy, to bring us back in line. But don't question God. Buddy, since that day, I've never asked God why. There have been some things I've said, God, I don't understand. But I ain't never going to ask him why again. I said God they're just things I don't understand but I don't tell God what I want I don't tell him what I want him to do and I sure don't ask him why because he said in his word why does the thing that I have formed say unto me why have thou made me thus if God's formed you if God's made you don't you question him if you're doing everything you can to submit to his will, don't ask him why because he just liable to tell you because <laughs> he sure informed me to keep my mouth shut and quit asking him why I mean if that brother said that to me one time he probably said it ten times in that prophecy stop asking me why I know what I'm doing I know what I'm doing quit asking me why because we'll get praying we'll say God why are you doing this why is this happening why is that happening God I don't understand God will you tell me why I'm going through this why you're letting this happen why you're letting that happen God knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing amen he knows what he's doing And God is trying to change us and bring us to a place that we not only can accept His will, but we can understand His will as much as He'll let us understand. But we'll fall in line. I believe I've... I know I've got a lot more Scripture I could go to, but I don't have any study notes this week because God just started speaking to me about 4 30 this morning it's hard to type and drive at the same time (laughs) but you know the Lord spoke to us in Fort Payne here several years back and I believe in that prophecy the Lord spoke to us and said be led by the Spirit you know Paul had a desire to go in Asia and preach the gospel and the Bible said the Lord forbid him. Wouldn't let him go at that time. But then later on, in the book of Acts, it says, and the gospel was preached throughout all Asia. But at that time, God wouldn't let him go. And the Lord told us, said, if you get up to go from one room of your house to the other and you feel that checking in my spirit, he said, don't do it. And it wasn't just probably a week after that was spoken that there was a lady on the news. I think she was in her bedroom and she felt the spirit of the Lord move her to go to her living room and when it did a tree come down and destroyed her bedroom. I mean just seconds after she got up and moved. And y'all see all the trouble going on up North Carolina. Did you know a week ago my middle daughter and my brand new grandbaby and son in law was right there in Charlotte they went to a wedding for a friend of theirs. Right there where all this is going on. They were right there a week ago. And my wife told me the other day, she said, we got to pray for our kids. I said, honey, I know that. She said, but it." I said, it ain't just our unsaved loved ones. I said, God's people just going and doing what they want to do. Anytime they want to do it, anywhere they want to go, they don't think, they don't check, they don't. Ask God's direction. God said, oh, Lord, are you going out and you coming in? Amen. That's the reason I don't go anywhere and preach unless I feel the leading of the Holy Ghost. I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't even know who I was talking to. But uh, they was asking me because they ain't been around me in a long time. And they said, you don't go out and preach much anymore? I said, not unless God speaks to me. I said about two years ago, God gave me the scripture in the book of Acts, maybe three. It was while I was at Fort Payne. And I said in Acts 13, I said, Paul and Barnabas. Oh, was it the Bible study the other night? Paul and Barnabas was in the church at Antioch. And all these ministries in the church at Antioch, prophets, teachers. I don't believe they had two services a week at the church in Antioch. I believe something was going on all the time. And God was speaking. But it, when they fasted and prayed, God said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I've called them to do. And they laid hands on them. The Bible said so they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. You go back to Acts 11, and Barnabas went out there trying to find Saul. And the Bible said in the church at Jerusalem, let him go as far as Antioch. Told him, don't you go no further than Antioch. You looking for Paul? You looking for Paul? You go, honey, but don't you go no further than Antioch. He was under leadership. We need God to give us holy men and women of God. Like these elders and these apostles that stayed at Jerusalem. That hear from God. That can help us order our steps and direct our paths. I know a man went to Haiti several years back, known him 30 years. He was riding in a van packed with people. and something shifted in the van or something happened. He leaned out the window and a car come other direction, hit him, killed him instantly. And he's down on a mission trip. It can happen. It can happen. That's what I tell people. Don't go to the mission field. Just say you went on a missionary trip. You let God speak to you. And all oh, the people I've told don't go to Haiti unless God ordains it. Don't go to Haiti. All the ministers and all the people I've ever known gone to Haiti, outside just maybe one or two. The devil's just about destroyed them, destroyed their families. Yeah. I know one man went down there as a millionaire. Went down there to help build a church. Went down there and they poured the foundation for the church. And he was there when they done it. Came back to the United States. Went flat broke. I know preachers has gone down there, come back, went through divorces, lost loved ones, people's died. Ministries have failed. People have gone into delusion. People's gone into sickness and disease, and to this day can't get rid of the infirmity in their body. And the Lord told me, He said, people underestimate the powers of witchcraft and the powers of demons that's in that country. He said, don't you go to Haiti, lest I send you. I warned people for years, and almost every one of my was messed up, hadn't they? Yes. Messed up, divorce, financial calamity, sickness, diseases, trouble, their lost loved ones. Got to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Got to be led by the Spirit of God. I hope y'all appreciate this word today. I do. I hope y'all appreciate this word today. But what God showed me this morning that I never realized. When Samuel went to David. Poured that horn of oil on him. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. But. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. The Lord said, "My spirit departed from Saul." Said the call, the choosing, the anointing, left him. Left him. Left him. You thinking about God choosing you and taking that call off your life? But He's still gonna hold you accountable. Just cause God took that calling and that choosing off of Saul. He still judged him for it. It's time to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen. Y'all appreciate this word? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I know this has been a different and an unusual service. But Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. And God, I thank you for the people. Though we may be small in number, Lord. God, I thank you for the people you've given us. Right here. That you've given them eyes to see and ears to hear. And a heart to understand. What the Spirit is speaking to the church. Give us that wisdom and strength and determination. To be steadfast. To be rooted, grounded, established in the faith. Unmovable. Let us always abound in the work of the Lord. God, I thank you for this service. I thank you for this service, Father. Let your Spirit give us direction in order every step. Let your name be magnified and lifted up. In all that we do, Father, let your name, Jesus, be glorified. And in Jesus' name, we ask it to be so, Lord. Amen. And if we've ever prayed for our nation, and I don't want everybody to hear me. If we've ever prayed for our nation, we better pray for our nation. Because you know it's been circulating for months now that this current administration is going to try to suspend the election you get four or five cities in the mess Charlotte's in right now they could very well do it they could very well do it with our country and y'all know I saw and I can't remember how many years it ago it was but I saw like a big spider spread out across this country it's like it's right in the center of this country I seen the body of it and reaching into all the major cities and the Lord showed me there there's gonna be disruption there's gonna be disruption in all these major cities terrorist attacks and but if this ain't terror I don't know what is it may be domestic terrorism but there's something more than just domestic terrorism behind it so I'm praying God's gonna stand up for us you need to do the same thing but don't don't just be up and doing something to be doing it let God lead you let God order your steps let him direct your paths because I've spoken things by the Spirit of God and I told God one time I said now nah, I don't mind speaking what you tell me to speak I said but don't let me get caught in my own prophecies <laughs> cause if God speaks to you, you better move I remember I was in Little Rock Arkansas and I think it's 91 what your Christian have her graduation from first grade or whatever it was that I stayed for her graduation and then i had my tent 10 up in Little Rock and let somebody else preach that opening night it's either 90 or 91 somewhere in there okay but anyway I went out there and preached and opened up with great miracles I mean I couldn't even tell you the miracles and the deliverance was going the next week and on a Tuesday night I believe it was a Monday or Tuesday night I walked out there and preached got ready to see the offering the Lord spoke to me he said you close this meeting out tonight I said do what I mean I probably had a couple hundred people on the tent and God working all kind of miracles saving souls delivered he said you close it out tonight so I told the people buddy you all heard people moaning I mean they were groaning they were moaning they were just and so I got with the tent help after service and I said let me tell you something I said don't you be in this town by time the sun sets tomorrow night God told me he fixing to hit this town with judgment you better get yourself out of here and I told him I said you take the big care we had big care seam blowers and I said you run them all night long you keep the dew off this tent you keep the dew out of the seams you let all this heat go up I said sun hits this tent in the morning it wasn't buying this canvas you can't roll a canvas tent up wet the seams will dry rot and I said you get this thing on the ground you get it rolled up I said most time Y'all can have a tent down, everything loaded up by about 2 o'clock. And I said, you better get out of town. Yes, sir, Brother Matter. Uh-huh. Got a call about 7 o'clock the next evening. I loaded up and went home. He called me. Screaming. Brother matter, you need to go to prayer. I said, what? He said, they got storms and 90 to 110 mile an hour winds fixing to hit Little Rock. I said okay where you at sitting on the tent lot in Little Rock I said boy I said if my equipment gets tore up I said I will skin you from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes God told you and I told you by the Spirit of the Lord don't you be in Little Rock when the Sun goes down God's fixing to hit that place And I had to pray hard for God's mercy because it almost turned my travel trailers over, almost turned my tent truck over because somebody stubborn, rebellious thought they knew better. Whoo! Hmm. Same individual was doing something for me one time. And they had to go do something, take care of some ministry business. I told him, I said, now, don't you go this way. You stay on this road, you go there, you get it done, you come back. So, I get a call. Brother Metter? Yes, sir. Transmission's messed up in the truck. Where you at? Exactly where you told me not to be. Couldn't leave town. Had to order a part for the transmission. And then I got a call the next evening. Before the transmission's supposed to come in that day and they get it fixed. Need you go to prayer for me, Brother Matter? I said, What's the matter? He said, Got floodwaters up to the door of the motel. I said boy are you ever gonna learn to listen to me and know that I'm a servant of God and God talks to me are you ever gonna listen and I had to go to prayer again and get God to hold him floods off so I get my truck out of that town because he's right there by the dealership it's fixing to flood the motel flood the dealership mess my truck up I said oh God have mercy Mm. <laughs> There's three ways to do things for this brother the right way, the wrong way, and his way. <laughs> and his way was usually the wrong way. But I loved him. He's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he just wouldn't take instruction. If you're going to be around me, you better take instruction. You better listen. Because I don't always have to tell you, the Lord told me this. If I tell you something, you better listen. Because I may not tell you, the Lord told me this. I may just say, "Don't do this." If you got respect for me as a servant of the Lord, you better listen to me. Amen. That all right? Do you love the Lord today? Praise God! Do you appreciate this word? Yes. Let's hide it in our hearts. Y'all remember when God told us in that prophecy to guard our mouth, guard our hearts, guard our spirits. Be sure that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart was acceptable in His sight. God's trying to clean us up. He wants to do something in us. He wants to do something holy in us. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to obey the Lord in your giving and do your very best. I know we're small in number, but I ask you to do your very, very, very best in your giving. You know, there's scriptures in the Word of God. If you want to get saved, it tells you how to get saved. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, it'll tell you how to receive the Holy Ghost. If you want to get blessed, it'll tell you how to get blessed financially. It's in there. And I just had somebody there. Said, Brother, matter one of these days, I'm going to have a big diesel truck, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to have that, and I'm going to help you move your equipment, and I'm going to be able to do something for God. And I just shook my head and said, No, you ain't. I said, You won't go to church. You won't honor God with your tithes and offerings. You won't come under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And God don't bless folks like that. So, come on right now and do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Bless you. I appreciate you, Sister Deborah. You all understand what I'm saying? you want God to do what His Word says, you've got to be obedient to His Word. Because you ain't obedient to God's Word, God can't honor His Word. Can't do it. Amen. Anybody in love with Jesus? I don't just love Him, I'm in love with Him. Right? I'm in love with Him. I'll just love my wife. I'm in love with her. Amen. We're fixing to hit. Won't be long, we'll hit 35 years together. I'm ready for the next 35. Just see what we're going to do for God. We're going to do some great things for God. Amen. Let's go to prayer. Father, I thank you for this. Lord, bless it. Honor. The sacrifice, honor the obedience. Lord, you said to be obedient is better than sacrifice. Lord, according to your word, if we're obedient, you said the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Bless these offerings, Lord. Bless the people. God, give us direction and give us the ability to do that that we're going to do that you've ordained, that you've ordered our steps. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed everything. Appreciate everybody coming. I think I'm just going to dismiss. Is that all right? Has everybody obeyed the Lord? Praise God. I'll just say to be continued. How's that? God bless y'all. I love you. Y'all have a blessed day.